Hey everyone, welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, four to six of us get together and discuss a movie. At the end of the episode, we announce the movie for the following week. All movies are available from streaming services, either as part of your subscription or to rent. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Brooke Merritt. Hello. Josh Dean. Hello. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Roland. Hey. And today we will be discussing Zach's suggestion, Hunt for the Wilder People, a Taika Waititi film that some of us have seen before. But before we go into that, we are going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Nathan, what have you been watching lately? Well, uh, so a couple of the films we've had to watch, uh, the best way to watch them has been on Canopy. And uh, while digging around on there, I decided to actually take a look at some of the other films that are on there. And uh, one of the films I've been wanting to watch for quite a while, Umbrella's a Cherbourg, which is a Jacques Demy musical from the 60s is on there and I'm, I kind of loved it. Uh, it's all in French and it's really short, sweet. I, I, we got to about 15 minutes from the end and I thought, Oh, I've, we've got another hour of this to go. And then I looked and I'm like, Oh no, it's going to end really fast. And boy, it really did. Um, so we watched that one. And then, uh, the other one that I watched, um, I watched an Albert Brooks movie I had never seen, uh, called real life. It's a great movie. And, yeah, it was pretty great, and I and I immediately wanted to have the costume for Halloween with the big, because if you've never seen the movie, it's you know it's a reality television or reality movie, but it's done back in the seventies before anybody knew what the heck that was. Yeah, and so everybody was being followed around by people that basically looked like they had the top half of a stormtrooper trooper welded onto the top part of their body, yeah. and it was the camera and the ears, and it had this big helmet i just want to wear that for halloween and just not talk to anybody just walk around just yeah i'm a big fan of albert brooks in general <laughs> i like a bunch of his it was stuff. one of the funnier ones i've ever seen of his actually i like i enjoyed it a lot yeah i like defending your life i think that's probably my favorite it's the best mine too uh josh what have you been watching uh not a whole lot since the last time we talked um i for mother's day i showed my mother what we do in the shadows um just i was in a taika watiti mood i guess yeah i thought so, you were gonna say yeah. you showed her mother it's like no don't no. do that <laughs> no although albert brooks's mother yeah that might one. be a good idea <laughs> um just to bring it all back home um yeah other than that i've just been going down youtube rabbit holes of um uh, Jake and Amir videos from College Humor. Uh, there's 640 of them, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all about two to five minutes. And uh, yeah, I've just I've watched hundreds, and I yeah barely barely started. I feel like I've watched hundreds of episodes of 90 Day Fiance, and they're all between 50 and 120 minutes long. And I feel like it's never going to stop. I actually, I actually. My my panic now is not that that I'm too hooked on them. My panic now is that I am going to run out of them. I am going to come to an end. <laughs> That'll be a sad day. 
Uh, <laughs> I like tell Hannah that we are going to have to get cable again, so I have TLC. Get my fix. We've called Probably. you here for an intervention. Yeah. This is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> none of us actually watched the movie. We just needed to have a talk about 90 Day Fiance, Dale. <laughs> it's gone too far. I'd be happy to talk to you about 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Thank no. you. No, that's not, oh, that's no. not what we meant. Brooke, what we have you been watching? got the green card stuff last time. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, what have you been watching? Uh, I uh, started uh, Dead to Me on Netflix, which I know is a really popular uh, show, but uh, I caught up with that. It's two seasons. It's produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay with Christina Applegate, who was Emmy nominated, and uh, Linda Cardellini. It's a little bit soapy, but it's got some really good humor to it, and the performances are just outstanding. Um, a little comedy, a little drama, a little suspense. It's a really good, uh, good combo for a show. Uh, I did start watching also on Netflix Hollywood, which is Ryan Murphy's new one. Yeah. Um, not a fan of it, but I'm going to mm-hmm. sludge through and see if I change my mind because um, I'm a sucker for punishment. Isn't that Looking the Ryan for Murphy something way? Redeeming. Yeah, pretty much. I like some. It's either good or just not at all, but I just keep watching. Um, it's, you know, it's old Hollywood. And it's fine but also terrible at the same time. But, you know, I'll keep watching. It's like, um, it's sort of like the, you know, the when did you quit the Walking Dead question is the when did you quit American Horror Story question. Because I'm still there. I I know you're still there. I haven't (laughs) quit yet. (laughs) You're both in I quit Walking Dead. I have not quit. uh, I have not quit American Horror Story. I don't know why. See, the no, question I'm for still, me is which season, no. because there's a different answer for each season. Like some of the seasons I just couldn't get through. Yeah. Um, it, I, I watched them all, even though I didn't want to. Some of them have been real bad, but some are good. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the, the, the fair thing is that like, if you don't like a season, it's fine. It all starts over the next season and you're, you, you know, everybody's every, it's the same actors, but it's new stories and characters so it might be better um and i think even the worst seasons there will be at least one or two characters that you enjoy that they show but i feel like especially once american crime story got started that american horror story kind of got left behind uh creatively yeah the last Uh, season was the worst i feel i feel like the the most recent season of horror story was I thought it would be good. I liked where they were going with it, and it was just painful. I dropped out yeah. uh, the season that was like all in an old house, or it was like all stories about a house. That was the first season. No, first it season. wasn't. Was no, 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 season no. one. <laughs> Yeah. What was the season before Roanoke? I think, Ro- I, well, I was going to say Roanoke. That's what it Coven? sounds like. But, um, no, Coven was three. Coven I watched. Before Ro- Coven, w- before Roanoke was, I believe, Hotel. I watched that too. It must have been Roanoke that I quit then. I think Apocalypse yeah, was, Roanoke was after and then Roanoke, Ap- Apocalypse. Right? Yes, Apocalypse was after Roanoke and then 1984. Yeah. I, I just could not get into Roanoke. Or sorry, Colt was after Apocalypse. Jesus. Oh, I forgot. I felt. About that I just felt like too. everything moved really slowly. 
Well, it blocked out a lot of it. Apparently, there was a lot of it that wasn't good because <laughs> I didn't even There's remember. There's going to be another one. Cult. Yeah. yeah you've got, got, ta- you got all the seasons tattooed on your arm in order, right? Why didn't you just check that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll I know. I should. <laughs> That's right. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I even got a cobweb to represent uh, Murder House. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that show, like, I think the idea of it's interesting. I just think it, they need more... They need more creativity. Um, like when they change, when they when they switch seasons and they come up with a new, you know, plot line or or setting or whatever it is, that they need to get like an extra couple of writers too to make it not feel so samey. Even though it's you know, even though they are switching things up, it's not quite as anthology as they want it to be. The problem is I think they try to stuff too much in. Like, they try to put yeah. in every possible horror concept. So they'll do a season based on, like, 1984, but then they'll throw in ghosts, and they'll throw in, you know, just completely... They have to throw in every possible trope rather than just make it fit for the season. And that's how yeah. they sink, sink themselves. And they also have to accommodate their huge cast. Like, whoever decides they're going to be in that season, they have to accommodate, even if they don't have a character for them, or even if they don't have a good idea for them. So, like, you have actors that are just completely wasted for a full season. Like, I don't know. Well, I think cult was probably the biggest offender because they were like, okay, we're going to do cults, but then we're also going to do clowns, but then we're also going to do politics, <laughs> then we're also going to do, you know, just assassination and just as everything that they possibly can fit in. I'm like, okay, let's, let's make this good. Yeah. Did you ever watch Jane the Virgin? I didn't. Uh, when you were... Subs- Describing that Christina Applegate show, it kind of t- sounded like something you might like. Um, I've heard it's good. It's on my list. I just have never watched. Yeah, it's. I think it's a Hulu show. The concept is that it's it's about... I mean, Jane the Virgin is the main character, and she falls in love with a telenovela soap opera star. And the show is like it like pokes fun at itself. Like it is a telenovela kind of in and of itself. And that's where some of the humor comes from. Like scenes will just suddenly turn into these like super dramatic, crazy things, but it's a comedy show. Um, I didn't watch all of it, but I liked what I saw. Yeah. I've heard good things. I'd like to watch it. Zach, how about you? Um, a couple things on Netflix. Uh, I'm, I have to keep lists now because I just am consumed by media. Um, <laughs> so cooking with cannabis. I like watching uh, cooking shows, especially when they have cannabis. Um, two of my favorite things. <laughs> what, what's that on? Uh, uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's not bad. I think it's like six episodes. Um, not the best cooking show in the world, but um, yeah, it's fun. It just makes us jealous uh, here in the Midwest. Because <laughs> we don't, yeah, have, we get all right. kinds. We don't even we have medical of, here, so. I know, yeah. Missouri's like still working on that, even, um, but that's a shit show, from what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, so good, good luck. Um, Absurd Planet is kind of like a comedy take on um, 
uh, like the Milton, not is it Milton Attenborough that like like David Attenborough, like the, David Attenborough. I don't know why I'm Milton Attenborough. Um, uh, yeah, Milton like Bradley? you know they're doing the Milton Bradley, David Attenborough. They're the all same the same thing. person to me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys very get me. similar. Um, listen, cannabis guys. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's like Mother Nature doing the voiceover. It's actually oh, what's her name? Um, uh, oh my god, I'm doing terrible with names today. Aisha Tyler, right? Yeah. She was Mother Nature in the Santa Claus movies. So she plays Mother Nature and she does a voiceover and then they have other actors do voiceovers for like the birds and animals and stuff like that. Um, it's funny and, and fun and informative. Um, and then uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, and then I started uh, I Know This Much Is True, the new HBO series mm-hmm. uh, where Mark Ruffalo plays twins. Um, first episode was pretty good. Uh, it's very, very interesting story. I think Mark Ruffalo does a phenomenal job of playing two different characters. Um, you know, it's, I feel like that's a challenge for any actor to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I like that. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Uh, does he do better or worse than, uh, James Franco in the deuce? Um, better, much better. Okay. I mean, he's Mark Ruffalo is a much it's better a actor. Low than, bar. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have much yeah. challenge with that. No, yeah, there was, and they're pretty much like the same twin. Like these are distinctly different twins. Yeah, like, look, emotion, everything. I mean, his one of them is this uh, paranoid schizophrenic, um, okay. and spends his time in a group home. So that's like a huge part of this story. One of them's like a big green um, monster. Yeah, another one's yeah, the Hulk. So he's like, "Don't don't come with me on these adventures. I got shit to do." Um, yes, good old Mark Ruffalo. People will take him seriously someday. Um, I uh, I also you know, finished the uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, oh yeah, this is the final season. Um, the whole last. Um, few of those episodes i thought were phenomenal uh, i thought that whole series was great overall it started off a little rocky when it first started but they really honed in on a lot of cool sort of on the i guess fringe stories in terms of um you know star wars and whatnot i'm a big star wars fan uh and uh yeah i just really enjoyed the way that it ended um and, and i love the overlapping too when they overlap stuff from the cartoons to the films to the novels um stuff like that just gets me going um yeah there's a lot of people that have said that the best thing to come out of the prequels was the clone wars i would say that the prequel or the clone wars actually heightens the prequels for me mm. like in a, in a sense where i enjoy watching the prequels more now because of the clone wars because they expand on it Mm-hmm. They yeah. expand on it. They really give you just more story. They 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 help you to like really get into the characters' development. Um, I mean, Ahsoka is definitely one of the best characters that never made it to the actual like physical realm. Although she is supposed to be in the new season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, as well as uh, spoiler alert, Boba Fett. Yeah. Um. So that'll be interesting. Mandalorian season two. Um. But uh, yeah, I really, really appreciated Dave Filoni's work on the Clone Wars all in all. And I'm glad they got to finish and tell all the stories they wanted to tell and uh, bring it home. So it was good. Cool. Well, I mean, I'm still watching the Jeremy Brett Sherlock again. Um, I'm enjoying those. Um, 
I'm still at the point where they're doing 50 minute episodes. There's a few feature length ones, uh, toward the end of the series. Um, and it's weirdly broken up into seven volumes. Um, finding it is really hard because the DVD releases were weird. The way they released it on UK television was weird. Uh, every series of it or season as we Americans would call it had a different name. So like the first one is the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And then it's like the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes and the further adventures of Sherlock Holmes. So like (laughs) it's kind of all over the place, but, uh, they're really, they're really good to watch. And, um, a break from all the 90 day fiance that I've been watching. So (laughs) are they pretty accurate to the, (laughs) do you think they're pretty accurate in terms of like adaptation from novel to screen? I am not uh, an expert on the books. I've, I've read a few of them. Um, I think that Jeremy Brett is the best Sherlock uh, on screen. I think he's better than Basil Rathbone. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I mean, I think he he plays the character better than any of them do. Uh, he's he's just like it was the role he was made to play. So that's that's the best part of the series for me. Um, you know, it's not a very high budget thing. It was like, uh, like a masterpiece theater mystery thing that they shot uh with uh granada television in the 80s and early 90s so you know most of the money goes to costume because it's a period show but uh just it doesn't matter what the what it looks like jeremy brett just is electrifying sherlock holmes so good um and uh I've gone on at length at other times about how uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock show is like the worst thing ever, but <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, opinion's gotten more popular over time. So I don't think I have to defend myself too much on that. Anybody that saw the fourth series of that has probably figured it out by now. So, um, well, there was this movie uh, called Hunt for the Willard People. We all watched it. We all have thoughts on it. Um, I'd seen it before. Uh, Nathan, I think you'd seen it before. Zach and Brooke, what about you? First time I had not me. seen it. So, Brooke, let's start with you. What did you think of it? I mean, it was a likable little movie. I thought it was charming. I mean, it was nothing, you know, new. We've seen that formula before, the crotchety old man with the troublesome little punk kid but uh it was you know a better version of that than what we've seen before i think uh, it was beautiful of course the scenery was gorgeous it had sam neal you can't really go too wrong with him in that role i really loved the kid i liked the humor of it uh, I, I thought it was good yeah i liked it i mean it's not something again that i would say best movie ever but i really enjoyed it it was a fun little charming charming movie Zach, how about you? Yeah, I am a 
very much a Taika Waititi fan. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of his uh, things that he's produced and directed and written so far. Um, I had been wanting to see this one for a while. It was one that I told myself to go see in theaters, and then I missed it. Uh, and then when it finally came on streaming, I was excited to watch it, and I still hadn't. And yeah, it was just kind of like, I got to get this in there at some point. Um, and I'm glad I did, because again, I, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't say this is my favorite Taika feature um definitely i think what we do in the shadows and um uh thor uh ragnarok i mean i love thor ragnarok is probably definitely my top two in terms of marvel cinematic universe films um and uh and i also i really enjoyed jojo rabbit and so um i think jojo rabbit was like the second step of this like this to me felt like there was a lot of similarities to jojo rabbit um, in terms of just like the humor and the timing, the pacing, the scenery, um, obviously different setting and different story. But, um, but I think that also it's just, I enjoyed it a lot because it did feel that way for me. Um, and so, yeah, I think like the characters were great. I love the way he writes his dialogue or what I can only assume is probably improvised to a certain degree. Um, it's like he probably just... Uh, does the Adam McKay where he like throws things out and he's like, say this, try this, do this. Cause there's just stuff that they say where fuck the, the Sarah Connor Terminator bit that they do across the ravine is just so funny. Uh, it, it's incredible. And it's just like silly and, and it doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's perfect. Um, he does a lot of writing so, on the day. I know. Um, mm-hmm. they don't, I don't know that they necessarily throw lines out at people like that, but he does do a lot of like, you know, when he's in the mo the mode of, you know, okay, this is the scene we're going to shoot today. And what can we do to make this sillier or funnier? Um, they come up mm-hmm. with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, cause like uh, Sam Neill's like not an improviser had- and the kid's not an improviser, <laughs> but, um, there was also somebody I, I f- didn't, uh, commit the name to memory but there was somebody that got like an additional writing credit um who was like somebody on the crew so they must have been uh you know kind of bouncing ideas around as they shot it mm-hmm. yeah i think that they just really um this felt a little more free in terms of dialogue than jojo rabbit did like i felt like jojo rabbit was a little bit more precise in terms of when you know like watching it and being like the jokes were very meaningful and precise um they weren't kind yeah. of just like offhand like a lot a lot of this was very offhand um which i i enjoyed um very much something that he does i think in some of his other films as well yeah it's an adaptation um so it's not you know he didn't create it like uh what we do in the shadows so it doesn't quite it's not all in his voice you know um which is i think is a good thing like it you you can tell when it's him and you can kind of tell when it's part of the, the overarching story. But I think there's so much room in this story for, you know, whatever kind of dialogue or whatever kind of conversation you want to throw in there um, that it's sort of like, you know, Quentin Tarantino could totally rewrite this movie into something in his voice and still have the same <laughs> basic story structure there. So... Um, so Nathan, what did you think watching it again? Uh, you know, I, 
I, I actually saw this one in the theater um, way back in the day, and I enjoyed it, um, but I kind of quickly forgot about it. Um, I think it kind of it, it falls short of being like something that's a must-see TV or must-see movie. You know, it's, it's just not quite that good. Um, I would never have guessed that Taika Waititi would have come out of this, um, but... That said, it's a great movie for what it is. There's there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's pleasant to watch. It's easy to get through, and um, it's rewatchable for sure. Um, the humor is funny in spots, but it's not like smack you over the head, honey, funny or anything like that. It's it's just yeah. It's a cute story, basically. I, I kind of agree with Brooke. It's it's it, it didn't wow me, but at the same time, I enjoyed it. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, it's um, it was not his first uh, writing or directing credit. Um, he had done Eagle versus Shark and Boy, um, and what we do in the shadows before Hunt for the Wilder People, and a bunch of Flight of the Concords too. And, yeah, he directed a bunch of TV as well. Um, at least a couple episodes per per season of that. So, yeah. Josh, how about you? So, thinking about it, I realized I had already talked about this on this podcast before in the What Have You Watched <laughs> part uh, a couple, like a month ago. Um, so, it was kind of tough for me to rewatch it so recently. Yeah. Um, it's a fine movie, um, but I. I found myself fast forwarding through it a little bit just to I was like I got yep okay I remember this okay yeah yeah I keep going and then I'd stop at a funny scene that I knew was you know uh, like the when they come across the hunters in the cabin or whatever Mm -hmm. um, looking for them but um, yeah no it's uh, I feel like um, and I don't I don't know this for sure but yeah the the more uh, Taika Waititi gets to play I feel like the funnier the movies get like obviously what we do in the shadows is just wide open it's just stick four funny guys in a house and let them go crazy um and then thor and jojo rabbit both had i mean jojo rabbit had like a tight kind of plot that you had to follow so i feel like it it's a deeper movie but it's not as funny to me as what we do in the shadows um yeah it's more like because of all the comic tragedy yeah there's more like comic (laughs) relief than there is comedy in it and he like him playing hitler is the comedy relief exactly yeah and i could tell he could play around with that on the set probably and had some fun with it but everybody else kind of had to you know do do their part um oddly thor felt looser for like a big budget disney marvel we've got to hit these beats and, you know, uh, make people happy. And all the special effects were done two years ago. Um, but I felt like those guys got to play around a little bit more than, um, uh, than even than in this, uh, I think they people. were so, uh, so desperate to make Thor three, not suck that right. <laughs> they just let him have full reign on it. Um, because like most people can't even remember the other two Thor movies or what happened in them, <laughs> right. so yeah, exactly. The second one I blocked out completely. Um, yeah, so it's good. I like it. Um, you know, the kid from Deadpool two was fine, and uh, uh, 
I, I think the first time I watched it, I was wasn't quite sure what the tone or the plot would be for the first half hour, you know. Um, but then after once the first act, uh, the foster mother dies, um, and it, and it picks up from there. I was like, oh, okay, I get into it a lot more. And that was some of the stuff I skipped the second time was that opening uh, twenty. 20 or 25 minutes. Um, but I like it. You know, it's a Taika Waititi movie, so I'll take it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I, I find the structure, I still find the structure of the movie really weird. Um, right. In that it, it starts out kind of lighthearted and comedic and, you know, warm and fuzzy. Then the mom dies and they're kind of on the run. Um, and, you're not quite sure about the tone, but then it's like, oh, we're we're doing the the plot of Up. It's it's <laughs> the old man and the the kid in the woods, and they find the magical bird that no one thinks exists. And yeah, I have seen this movie, um, but like, there's still more like dramatic stuff, like you know, the dog gets killed, and they have the insane car chase. Like they they have like a Mad Max <laughs> thing at the end. Um, which isn't really the end. And there's like another 10 minutes of the movie of epilogue that kind of goes along. So what's weird is that um, I feel like by the time they first meet up with the hunters, that feels like the story is winding down to me. It feels like the end of the movie and it's basically the halfway point. Um, And I think part of that is because everything that happens after that uh, doesn't seem to take quite so long. It's not quite so, you know, slow and, you know, they're not waiting on a, on a foot to heal or <laughs> something like that. It kind of, it, the, the pacing kind of picks up in those sorts of things. Um, and then you also realize that like, there's the Maori family that's living down at the bottom of the hill or whatever. And he meets them for the first time and, that's who he ends up with kind of at the end um, so that they can wrap that up at the end and make that work. Um, but I, I, I think I enjoyed it more this second time because I wasn't worrying about it being darker than it was. I wasn't worrying about like, you know, Sam Neill getting killed somehow or the kid or something like that. Something worse happening than, Um, what's already in the movie they never tell you what happens to bella the mother character like she's just dead that's it um and so uh i think i was more relaxed watching it and and things like the you know uh i'm the terminator and you're sarah connor but from the first one before she could even do chin-ups funny like the (laughs) <laughs> there's so many of those things um another one that i heard in his voice a lot better on rewatch than i did the first time i watched it was when uh like the first time that they encounter the like swat team like not the not the final time but like the first time they encounter the swat team like he sees them there he goes ninjas direwolves child welfare services <laughs> Yeah, and that's just such a <laughs> that's when he, he's great joke. That's like that's like when he's coming back to warn Uncle that they're coming because he had to go tell Uncle about the ranger that was dying or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I liked her. The, also, the little interview that they did on um, the morning show, and the morning show hosts were just like super straight manning it, and she's just like, "No child left behind. No child left behind." It's just it's like repeating herself, and they're like, "Yeah, we heard you, mom." Like, it's just like, what, "What are you? Is that, so tell us what you really think." And it's like, and they, and they put like a single shot on her, and she says it like twice again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, all of the uh, news anchors in this were actual New Zealand news anchors at the time when they shot this. Yeah, oh yeah, there's another one with the guy later where he's like actually in the bush um, talking about it and how exciting it is or whatever. It <laughs> yeah, It's funny too because they talk about how big the bush is and like... It doesn't seem that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's beautiful to see, like, the cinematography of it all. But then, like, yeah, they, like, easily find these, like, the hunter's cabin, the ranger's cabin, the family at the bottom of the hill, uh, the bush man, uh, which I also, the guy who played the, the is he a bush? Is he a man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Psycho Sam. The Psycho legend Sam. of Psycho Sam. Why so do you think they call And I him love that? that guy, too. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Which he was the werewolf. He was the guy, highlight. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's the werewolf he, he, in um, what yeah. we do in the shadows. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got a tunnel that leads out. I forgot to dig it. <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, again, yeah. There's definitely, I, I, I get. There's like times where it'll, I guess it kind of drags on a little bit when they're moving around. But yeah, it's all worth it to me in those little moments where they just do bits of humor that i enjoy so much from taika's brain um it's it's all the bad boys references like this shit just got real which they say (laughs) several times but the the best time is when the kid like cocks the gun with it and he's like this shit just got real on the hunters (laughs) yeah um uh i didn't choose the scug life the scug life chose me yeah yeah he's like what the what the, what's the scug like well and the tagline of the movie is nature just got gangster <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just got real into being an outlaw the the dog's name is tupac tupac's his oh, best yeah. friend so i like when he tries to burn himself in the barn <laughs> The, and then like the barn catches on fire, but he, he like burns the whole and, then barn she, down. and then like he burns the whole barn down, and then she's like looking at it, and she's like, "This isn't Ricky Baker," and he's like, "How can you tell, mom?" And he's like, "She's like, because it's a plate." And it's like the, rest of the, the the terrible cop, the guy who's always eating the trail mix and shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he finally at the end becomes a real cop, and he's and she's like, "You have the right to remain silent," and he's like, first of all, that's an American thing. We don't even say that. <laughs> Second of all, you're not even a cop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really so funny there's some really funny stuff in there um the uh when the kid tries to like stick up for sam neil and tell him what they what they've been doing in the woods all that time and then yes. sam neil says do you understand what what you said sounded like and he's like <laughs> oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I will say that like the Ricky Baker character, like 
the self-awareness that he has like he's like trying to play gangster thug or outlaw or whatever but he does mm-hmm. have those like little moments of aha or like oh fuck or like whatever like you know there is reasoning there and so i think that's what makes him enjoyable enough to watch as sort of like a child actor in these moments is just the fact that he's like actually learning as he goes yeah yeah he feels like a real 13 year old putting up a yeah. front and yeah, one of my favorite parts uh, or pieces of trivia about this movie is that the Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker, it's your birthday song that the mom sings and then he joins in on. Um, they wrote that song on the spot because they realized they didn't have the rights to Happy Birthday. <laughs> they actually That's done fabulous. like fabulous. They actually did like ten uh, takes of them singing Happy Birthday before they realized it. And then That's fucking awesome. They came up with I'm gonna read it real quick. Ricky Baker, now you are thirteen years old, you are a teenager, and you're good as gold. Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker, happy birthday. Once rejected, now accepted by me and Hector, we're trifecta. <laughs> Beautiful song. Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite part is when the kid sings along with it. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, she's Baker, just going to town with it, Ricky but then Baker. the kid starts going at it, and Sam Neill is just like, oh, no. <laughs> it feels so real, too, because there's a part where she, like, messes it up a little bit, and she's, like, off-key, or hits, like, the wrong note, she and hits so she, the like, wrong stops, chord, yeah. and, like, re- yeah, it's so fun, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. The haikus were kind of worth repeating, too. There's a couple of good ones in there. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't write any down. Um, the The very last one was really good. Um, it. I know the ending of it was it. It was the best, or it was the best time ever. Yeah, it was like boy and man. You know, like uh, hunted, walked, traveled. You know, it's just him recapping their adventure. Essentially, I think he said something like "fat boy" too, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the one that Sam Neill wrote. Yeah. Before they walked and that was away. Ricky had done a personal one where they were camping out at uh, Psycho Sam's place, and he was writing one, and he was like, say it. And he's like, I don't want to. It's personal. And then he said it, and it was about, it was about them or whatever. I don't know. I guess I, I just – I'm a sucker for those moments where, you know, you're kind of like a – coming of age situation or uh you know like a, a connecting relationship situation or something like that where yeah it's it makes you feel good well he used the name hector in the poem and sam neill who plays hector says um i've never heard my name in a poem before you yeah know, that was his his thing and so he decided to get into haikus and then he's learning to read <laughs> um it's pretty funny sam neill playing an illiterate character um when he really has a ba in english literature so yeah dude's played merlin yeah i mean it's like (laughs) come on yeah i like sam neill a lot though i I, pretty much everything i've seen him in that i know of that he's done is been really good i mentioned up as kind of a a funny these movies have the same plot sort of thing but uh are there any other movies that you guys would suggest uh, if you're a fan of this kind of thing? I've got one. 
Morris from America. Uh, if you guys, it's it's an old Craig Robinson movie that isn't as well known, but um, it's got a very similar tone to this one. Kind of fish out of water kid and a father figure and. They like moved to Paris or something, I think, and he's oh, okay. trying to figure out how to do it. But it's it's a good one. It's uh, 2016, so it came out the year after Wooler People. And we we'd already talked about this, but I think to Jojo Rabbit again, I say I said it had the same feel to it in, in a certain sense. A um, little bit different, but I think it kind of sits in the same um, boat as Wilder People. I think anytime we have a child and a cantankerous old man, um, we suggest True Grit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm particularly fond of the Coen Brothers version, but either one. Either one's fine if you want to do the John Wayne one. <laughs> uh, one I haven't seen in uh, a long, long time was um, Just You and Me, Kid where the cranky old man is George Burns and the uh, precocious child is Brooke Shields. Um, I I remember that being very funny, but I have not seen it since (laughs) I was like 12 years old. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. So that must have been early 80s, late 70s? 79 is what IMDb Uh, says. I remember that one. I saw it on HBO. Yeah. So. so if that's the only I criteria, know. then I guess Heidi with Shirley Temple. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Then. The miracle. I don't, worker. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, Anything the wizard of Oz. My brain. Yeah, Josh, you you, you like hit like a, a memory spark in my brain. Um, Dennis the Menace, <laughs> like that, like '90s Dennis the Menace. <laughs> well, was it Chris, Christopher Lloyd? Right? Was it? No. No, no, Walter, Walter Matthau, right? Walter yeah. Matthau, yeah, 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 yeah. I think Christopher Lloyd was like the bad guy in it or something. I, I thought oh, I remember maybe. him being in it, um, but yeah, that was that was one. And I was like, oh yeah, it feels like that for sure. <laughs> Anything with Walter Matthau? <laughs> who played the kid in that? Was that is that someone that came became anybody later down the road, or is it just a kid I actor? Can't. Think so. I'm sad I remember this, and I don't know why I remember this. His name was Mason Gamble, maybe? I got to look okay. that up and see if I'm making this up. It was something like that. I don't know why I remember, and maybe I remember wrong, but I don't know why. Mason Gamble is right. That's a John Hughes movie, guys. I had no idea that oh. was a John oh, Hughes wow. movie. Yeah. Late John Hughes. like Yeah. Sad late John Hughes. Um, well, it is Josh's turn to pick a movie for us. What is your suggestion for next time? All right. Um, so I decided who who out here likes um, Before Sunrise and movies like that where two young people fall in love uh, against a romantic European setting. I like that trilogy. Everybody, I would sure. Yeah, I love the trilogy. I've wanted to see that trilogy. Okay. Well, who likes Lovecraftian horror? <laughs> I oh, also because like I have the movie <laughs> for <laughs> you. Yeah. Question yeah, mark. I'll go there with uh, you. It, I. It's called Spring. Huh? Oh, Brooke, what were you saying? No, no, no. What, what were you saying? It was. 
The movie's called Spring. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. And since it's springtime, I thought, what better film to watch? Um, so, yeah. 2014? If you guys like romance and horror, you're going to love Spring. Uh, Perfect. I think I found it. It's 2014. Um, a young man in a personal tailspin flees from U.S. to Italy. Huh. Yep. And it's unrated. Oh, interesting! Oh, I didn't know that. It may, uh, there's it, nothing. Uh, it probably didn't come out theatrically. Okay. Yeah, the guys that made that made that movie, The Endless, that's on Netflix, and um, Resolution, which I've talked about before. But this is the only standalone movie they've made. Okay, it did get rated in some other countries, and it looks like it's um, basically a PG-13. That sounds about right, yeah. Like PG-13 to a soft R, maybe. I mean, they have like 15s and 16s in some countries. And yeah. and Spain's just crazy. They, they rated it 12. Wow. So 12 is All the right. age of consent in Spain. So <laughs> Good Lord. you can watch whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Jeez. Um, oh, actually, no, I'm looking at the parent's guide. On IMDb, uh, this would have been rated R in the United States because that's it has about think. 90 uses of the word fuck. So that's not going to fly. <laughs> what I was hoping for. Okay. <laughs> well, spring, for better or for worse, we'll be uh, watching that for next time. Um, thanks, for everyone, for <laughs> participating. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Thank you.